and welcome to the Women of Web3 podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Ingram. I'm also the founder of Women of Web3. We're a community that's connecting women in the next iteration of the internet through jobs, learning resources, and connections. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Debbie Wasco OBE. She's a British entrepreneur who scaled and sold several businesses, including Love Home Swap for $37 million in 2017. She's the co-founder and chair of Albright, which is a global community for women comprising members clubs. They've got this amazing space in the centre of London over several floors. There's a digital academy for women to skill up and they've got a live events programme as well. Debbie was awarded an OBE for services to business in 2017 and she was named Entrepreneur of the Year at the Evening Standard Business Awards 2018. She's also on the board of the Women's Prize for Fiction, so in other words, she's an incredible high flyer, so you need to listen up now that she's building a metaverse offering from Albright. So without further ado, welcome Debbie. Thank you so much for having me. Brilliant. So we always start off with a bit of a jargon buster, as every day is a school day in Web3. How would you describe what the metaverse is? Um, well, I'm going to give you the, the sort of academic answer and then tell you how I think about it. So the definition that we use at Albright is it's a network of virtual worlds on the internet focused on social connection. And for me, I think its origins lie in the gaming community, but I am confident that it's quickly becoming the next iteration of the social network where experience can be augmented through the use of VR and AR headsets. But in simple terms, we all love video games growing up, but the metaverse is going to expand. And it's going to be used for networking, social interactions and events, and it's the internet of the future. Brilliant. That's a really helpful definition. Thank you. So you're clearly a serial entrepreneur. You've got several successful businesses under your belt. Could you give listeners a sort of little potted history of your career so far? Well, I set up my first business when I was 25 and I'm from a family of entrepreneurs um, who wouldn't class themselves as that. They would say that they were business owners. But in particular, when you look back at the sweep of history, the women in my life have been really powerful role models. My grandmother, who died at 97 a few years ago, um, ran a chain of sweet shops and off licenses. And my mother's an entrepreneur. And having founded my first business, which I sold in my early 30s, the business that I'm best known for is called Love Home Swap, which is a home exchange for holidays platform inspired by the film The Holiday, which shows that inspiration can strike at any time. And I built and scaled that business and sold it in 2017 for $53 million. More broadly, before we get on and talk about Albright and what it is and how it works, I've won quite a lot of awards for entrepreneurship. I'm on the Mayor of London's business board. In addition to this, I I think, and is relevant for thinking about the creator economy, always had a massive love of books and of culture. I'm on the board of the Women's Prize for Fiction, which is being awarded next month. And I think that creating experiences that are women-led for our community, but also ensuring that female creators get paid is in my DNA. And I think that's part of the reason why I find the metaverse in Web3 so interesting with so much potential. Um, Exactly the same. I see it as a this huge sort of untapped possibility for partly the next, yeah, next phase of the internet and also women more generally. So the Albright now offers Albright Sisters. So you've got this new sort of NFT offering. Could you tell me how that works? So Albright now is nearly five years old. Anna and I, my co-founder, met over a cocktail at a party. um, And we were set up by a mutual friend who said, you two should be friends. And you know my background. Anna was the first 
female CEO of a media business in the UK. And as we were talking, we both had this same feeling, where are all the women? Uh, And why is it that we were the only female CEOs in the room, as we so often were? And what we wanted to do and what emerged over gin and tonics and the months to come was to create spaces where women could come together and they could create and collaborate and learn and do deals, make money. And that really was the thought process that sits behind Albright, which is now the leading global careers network for women. Our goal is to bring more opportunities to women, whether that's investment opportunities for female founders or opportunities in the corporate world, so jobs, board roles, and C-suite positions. And we've done that through building out physical spaces, so our physical clubs, and then a digital app, which came out of having to pivot so hard during the pandemic when all of our spaces were shut. Mm. And we've taken Albright all around the world from the UK to LA to New York to Hong Kong to Sydney. The pivot during the pandemic was really challenging, but was driven by finding a way to support our members and grow our audience when we were all shut in our homes. And we've now got half a million women in our global community. And when you become a member of Albright, you get to call on that network. As you know, I suppose it's a sort of little black book or a database of all the women that you would want and need to know, as well as upskilling courses, which is what we're really well known for, over 200 courses on what we now, I suppose, call our Web2 platform. It wasn't called that at the time, our app. (laughs) So think Masterclass meets LinkedIn. And I think that sets the scene and the tone for our NFT project. Front and centre in my whole career and in my DNA is economic empowerment for women. That really has been the thing that I want to be remembered for. I feel like you've got to stand for something in life. And that's what I stand for. And that's why we started to look at NFTs and the metaverse. And, and we see it as part of a bigger thing rather than just this is our NFT strategy. For me as an individual, I started building out my wallet. Anna and I have got a wallet called Albright Founders, which you can see also because I felt it was really important to show up in the world and put my money where my mouth was to buy other female projects, creative projects. I also believe that in the future, your wallet is going to be part of your identity. So that really mattered. And then seeing what the opportunity was and could be for Albright led to our first NFT drop, which has been, you know, a small limited drop. It's a PFP project called Albright Sisters. It felt important that as we started to explore the metaverse, we showcased the amazing women in our community. And that's what Albright Sisters is. It showcases 20 inspirational women who are already in our Albright community. And it's a generative collection. It's beautiful. And we sell two types of NFTs, the classic and the rare. The classic also gives access to the digital membership and the rare gives access to the physical clubs in Mayfair and our partner clubs around the world, which include places, glamorous places like Glen Eagles and Scotland and the Battery in San Francisco. Just added our latest club in Barcelona called The Circle, which is amazing. Mm. Why have we done it? I suppose two reasons. Firstly, we're taking our existing Albright community on a journey into the metaverse. And of those 500,000 women who are part of the Albright family, they're generally not NFT natives. 
or metaverse or web3 natives and we see it as part of what our brand needs to be responsible for to help women to get comfortable with that because our core tenant is female economic empowerment what mm. i saw is a lot of men making money in the nft world and very few women and clearly market conditions change none of this is investment advice but it's about upskilling and the second thing was when we started to scope our project and future projects it needed to tie to what Albright does and has been doing over the last four years. And I think that's a massive point of difference versus other NFT projects and metaverse approaches that everybody talks a lot about utility. And that's become a real sort of watchword, buzzword in the NFT space. Well, we already have utility because that's what we do, right? We, we run a platform. We run physical spaces. And therefore, there's a value inherent in owning an Albright NFT. And as part of that, thinking about space, which is what Albright does. And for that reason, we opened our Albright Meta Club, which is the first members club in the metaverse for women and by women, because that's part of the DNA of how Albright thinks. That's brilliant. Thank you. I even spoke at the launch of the, the Meta Club I totally agree that it shouldn't be just men profiting from this space. That was also kind of my impression, sort of arriving, you know, exploring metaverse, Web3, NFTs and cryptocurrencies was I was like, where are the female voices? Yeah. Couldn't this be a more balanced space? Could women uh, also be sort of building wealth in this? And yeah, basically, let's create a sort of more equitable next iteration of the internet so that like, this is our big chance to make that happen. So I imagine in the pandemic, you've gone from mainly physical spaces to this huge virtual offering. Do you think things could, to an extent, go back the other way, which is that using NFT membership as a sort of gateway, you could grow an audience that way, grow your sort of meta community and bring them into virtual spaces and kind of be like regrowing that through a new audience, if that makes sense. Yes, I do. Plus always, I think the right way to think about it is an ecosystem. So can we ensure that our club members also are upskilled and understand what it is to own an NFT? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Should we include an NFT with physical club membership? You know, why not? Because we can try that and we can onboard those women into having a Coinbase account, having like it's quite manual, the process, as you know, currently anyway, until this MetaMask Apple Pay thing gets going. Can we, should we use NFTs as a way of funding future physical spaces? You know, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk, who we know is the prince of the metaverse is doing that with flying fish club right and i think that's super interesting because it's in our dna to open and run buildings it's a hard business uh, will you briefly explain what flying fish club is for anyone that doesn't know so if you haven't listened to gary vaynerchuk's um numerous podcasts and um, follow him on twitter you should because he absolutely makes the market through his own profile and through v and friends which is his nft product and Vayner NFT, which is an offshoot of his big marketing business. That, and we've started to do some work with them. I think it's really interesting the way that actually brands are thinking about the NFT space and how brands can engage with their customers. And that's one of the things, if you think about who Albright partners, naturally with from BMW to HSBC to Goldman Sachs to retail brands, everybody's trying to figure out whether the, there's a way to use NFTs, but also metaverse spaces to have a different kind of customer engagement, either with a new type of customer or with existing customers engaging with them in a different way. Mm. What Gary Vee has done 
is to sell an NFT to fund something called Flying Fish Club, which is going to be a dining club that opens in New York in question two or three years time, mm-hmm. where he's pre-sold at a time when the Ethereum value was $25,000 membership to this club, where he's going to then use the Ethereum, one assumes, to build out and open the club. Now, knowing that brand and business a bit better, have any women bought those memberships? Maybe like one. <laughs> So it's quite, you know, it's quite a male thing to do. We need to be aware of that. And we really do understand that it's difficult to get women to part with money. And it's particularly difficult to get women comfortable with parting with metaverse and NFT money. But I do think that there's going to be an inflection point where smart minded, ambitious women focused on economic empowerment, which is the traditional law bright member, gets comfortable with the world of the metaverse and NFTs and really realizes that what they're getting is a token or a membership to a club and that memberships to clubs with genuine utility has a value, right? Not just a value of the tradable asset, you know, where everybody's values are under pressure at the moment because the bottom's fallen out of the Ethereum market in the last weeks, but that they've got a genuine value of content or a platform or a physical space, which otherwise they would have to pay for. And I think that's really powerful. And I think that will be powerful to women who like to really understand the value of things. And that's important. Exactly. We completely agree with that. So you've you've also found the, this Web3 space quite male dominated. What would you say your ambition is for women in the Web3 and Metaverse space? So you're talking about getting comfortable with sort of interacting and I guess investing. What's the kind of long term goal for you? When we think about the Albright Meta Club, if you go on to Decentraland, which, you know, prior to this experience, this is the sort of thing that I saw my son doing. And I think that it's easy for us to see those platforms as being for young male gamers. If you go on to Decentraland, the Albright Meta Club is the first club for women and by women. And the plan is to make that a destination, to exhibit female NFT artists, just as as we do in our real club. If you come into one of our buildings, all of the art on the wall is by women, the wine behind the bar. And we think that female creators sharing their work, literary festivals, talks, DJ nights, everything we do in our physical spaces can be done in the Meta Club. And our next phase is to buy out more land and to build out a women's quarter, women's spaces in places like Decentraland and Sandbox alongside other women's projects. The metaverse is the new frontier, right? It's, as we described at the beginning, this intersection between innovation, technology and gaming. It's a massive opportunity for women. Albright wants women to get rich, to talk about money, and to deploy their capital and backing other women. Otherwise, we don't have an ecosystem. And let's be clear, we don't have an ecosystem. And we need to, I suppose, the the inflection point for me as an entrepreneur and as a leader and as as an innovator, I suppose, was to realize sometime last year that if we're not careful, the next phase of the internet, the third phase of the internet is being built by men and for men. And so our ambition and our mission has not changed. Um, It's the same as it has been over the last four years. We want to bring more opportunities to women. Yeah, exactly. I have a lot of admiration, actually, for for Albright, for putting your money where your mouth is, investing in virtual space and Decentraland, building that virtual club. I think that's quite brave for for a brand to go and do like any kind of business, you know, to to really walk the talk, I suppose, and build that ecosystem. So. I'm really excited to see where 
where you're taking things next. It does also feel like we are in quite very much the early days, right, of what the metaverse is or like how businesses will interact on it or in it or around it. What would you see as the opportunity for businesses in the metaverse? I think there's a big opportunity for traditional brands recognizing that people will access them in a more hybrid way and that the right place to play is probably web two and a half Mm -hmm. because I don't think that our worldview is not that people only exist in web three like we're not going to have a world where everyone's got a headset on and that's where they are but on the other hand I think recognizing that some of these new technologies really encompass old ways of thinking about marketing, about loyalty and about customer engagement. So when we host events in our Decentraland Club, and we've got some amazing stuff coming up with some great female partners like Reese Witherspoon, and we're talking to Kerry Washington's people about how they can show up in the in the building. Clearly, there's an opportunity for brands to connect with customers through using more conventional marketing tools like tokens. And in the case of BMW, like test drives. And you can do that through some of the mechanisms that are really working in Web3, like POAPs, which are basically a way of you leaving an event, holding on to a token or a voucher that gets you something in the real world. So we're seeing really interesting brand collaborations like the Epic Games Lego collaboration or some of the fashion brands are really leading the way like Dior and Gucci and others and and Adidas starting to really do a lot of work with Red 3 creators. But I think it's still niche. And for a lot of our Albright audience on the brand and commercial partnership side, they're really feeling their way. And I think that's a big opportunity for us to help to take them there because we're not a web three brand. We're a brand that plays in this, is starting to play in this web two and a half space. And that gives them a real comfort that if we're there and our audience is moving there, then that's an opportunity to target smart minded, ambitious women with some of the same and some new tactics and way of engaging with integrity and authenticity. I love it. Do you see a need to make it go from niche to mainstream then? Because I personally do. I feel really excited that everybody should have the opportunity to understand this space better and sort of capitalise on opportunities. Completely. And I think that's what we can help to do because we're natural campaigners. We're mainstream campaigners. We do have a voice and we really feel like there's a happy fit between ensuring that women are not economically excluded from the new world of the Internet and taking brands on a journey to meet them there. I love that. So thinking about how they can, how women can come and capitalize on these opportunities. Do you have any sort of specific tips for women who are curious to better understand this space? Where do you think they should start exploring or any other suggestions for how they can sort of get on these opportunities? Look, I think spend time in Decentraland, it feels a bit clunky, but at the beginning of every day, there's a list of events, curated events that are happening in there. Do follow what Albright is doing in there because generally it's interesting. It's a way of bringing experiences from the real world and from Web2 into the metaverse. I think do be aware that given current market conditions and the bear market that exists for NFTs at the moment, People are becoming more careful about what they spend their ETH on and ETH doesn't go as far. So, you know, it's worthwhile just being aware of that. I think in the previously having a fun discord was enough, you know, but actually projects are going to have to find innovative ways to attract new members and communities and deliver real value. 
And I think, you know, the point on Albright is that we're not a Web3 native business, but the utility that you get already exists. And that's a real reason to be part of the Albright NFT family, because you're getting access to things that we don't have to build. And quite a lot of these projects, the utility roadmap is a promise of we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. It's not financial advice, but the value of a physical club membership, if you were to buy it, is £4,000 a year. So at the moment, the value of a rare sister at $3,500 a year, if you think about the price of Ethereum, looks like good value. And for someone who sees a lot of value in physical clubs or physical spaces, or digital clubs, there are some deals to be had. You know, the crypto dip, I think, will encourage people to think more in terms of value and less in terms of hype. Yeah, I'm also excited to see what kind of innovation comes off the back of this lull. So finally, I just want to ask you, where could people find you online and learn more about Albright? We're easy to find. You can look at We Are Albright on Twitter, Albright on LinkedIn. I do a lot on LinkedIn. I post every day. So you can find me on LinkedIn, on Twitter, on Instagram. I'm Debbie Wasco and really looking forward to engaging with women who want to be part of the Web3 journey. We're here to help. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time. I've really enjoyed our conversation. Thank you, Debbie. Thanks for having me. This has been the Women of Web3 podcast brought to you by Women of Web3. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so more people can find the show. You can keep up to date with amazing jobs, opportunities, learning resources, and connect with other women by following at Women of Web3 Co on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn. That's at Women of Web3 Co. So feel free to tweet us with any questions about the show, and thank you for listening. <laughs>